Welcome to the bonus episode of ACID Research to Practice podcast. If you've just tuned in to this podcast, be sure to catch up on episode two of season two to hear more about the exciting research and work to support people with intellectual disabilities to vote. The Living with Disability Research Centre, LIDS, and Victorian Electoral Commission, VEC, have been doing some work to get voting processes more accessible for people with intellectual disabilities. But there were some things people with intellectual disabilities found challenging to deal with that are outside of the Victorian Electoral Commission's mandate. Hi, my name is David Briggs. I work at the Council for Intellectual Disability and I'm an advocacy and policy officer. Today I'm talking with Fiona McKenzie, one of the board members at Council for Intellectual Disability. And what's it like on election day? What, is, what, is, what does it look like? What happens? It's extremely busy. I mean, in one word, it's a madhouse. And why is it a madhouse? <laughs> because there's people handing you out pamphlets about why you should be voting for, for Liberal, Labor, the Greens, everyone. But the good thing is there's usually a sausage sizzle going on. Working out who should get your vote is a challenge, and it's made more difficult by the way information, political issues and campaigns are often delivered. I'm Marianne from New Wave, South Africa. Well, the only reason why I don't want to vote was because there's too many voting people, and not only that, every time when you get somebody on, they muck the world up. And they really muck it up. My name's Susan and I'm from Ram Falls and a positive, powerful parent, self-advocacy groups. Is there anything that makes voting hard for you? The jargon that the politicians bump out of their mouths. What do you think would help with that? They're not speaking in so much jargon and them doing what they promised. Instead of going, you didn't hear me right, or that's not what I meant, or no, that's not what I said. We've got Sophia Tipping from the Living with Disability Research Centre here again. Sophia, can you finally tell us what the fifth recommendation was? You've been very patient, Hilary, so of course I will. The participants we spoke to echoed what the self-advocates said above. Information about political issues, news, campaigns was so hard to keep track of and understand. People struggled to know who the people on their ballot papers were and what they stood for. So we recommended that this type of information is made more accessible. And what about something like easy read guides? Would they be useful at all or, they, or make it more challenging? What do you they think? Would, would be easy because everyone, not just for people with intellectual disability, but the general public as well would probably find it pretty easy to use. I mean, I get them, I've got one in front of me, but we get sent them each time we there's an election coming up, see how they send them out to us. Inclusion Melbourne have been doing work around supporting people to vote for years, and they have taken up this challenge. Our co-producer, Buffy Gorilla, had the opportunity to sit down with Nathan Despot from Inclusion Melbourne. I'm Nathan Despot, and I'm the manager of the Inclusion Design Lab at Inclusion Melbourne. Tell me the story of when you first voted. 
I think I didn't really have much going on in terms of nerves or what have you about going into the actual voting booth or rocking up on the day. It was more about the ideas and you know the ideologies that I had in my mind that I'd picked up from the media, from school and from my, my family. So they were the things I was focused on. And uh, I probably made a few little mistakes at the voting booth on the day, but I don't really remember them. So how did you come to be involved with the I Can Vote movement? Yeah, so about five years ago, my colleague and I were asked to put together a a brief article for an online human rights magazine called Right Now. And uh, it was about the rights of people with intellectual disability as voters. And I hadn't really done much work in this space in the past, but I had been reading a lot about citizenship in the literature. Mm -hmm. And as we started investigating the state of voting in Australia, understanding the laws that we had... Uh, it became really quite shocking to to see that there was so much discretion given to gatekeepers in the lives of people with intellectual disability, rather than working with people with intellectual disability themselves to take the, the journey towards being enfranchised as political citizens. And then from there, we realised that even though there were some legislative hurdles to voting for people with intellectual disability, for the most part, good practice, good support, and the removal of the gatekeeping forces in the lives of people with intellectual disability, those would actually be probably more effective changes than focusing too much on the legislative situation. And how long did it take to go from that little nugget of an idea to where you are now? Yeah, so uh, from there, we needed to do a bit more research and learning about what was actually happening around the world. So there were some online resources, but I managed to get a Victorian government scholarship and I went and visited some of the sites of best practice in Canada, Sweden and the UK. Surprise, surprise. Um, and uh, we're able to look at some of the, the different influences that were happening. So uh, the influences that we saw um, in the UK were the influence of, of academics around evidence-based practice and about uh, accessible journalism, the work of United Response in the Every Vote Counts campaign, which involved a team of journalists with intellectual disability being mentored to create the Easy News publications, which were quite fabulous, with an amazing sort of collage style of imagery and easy language. And that came out regularly, a bit like a newspaper, uh, but in easy format. And then there were special editions that came out before each election so that people with intellectual disability could read through and understand more about the issues that were going to be up for grabs in the election. Uh, And also a fantastic website with some really interesting resources, booklets, about what it means to be a voter. In Sweden, it was more about the learning environment. So there was a real focus on education in workshops for people with intellectual disability where they could bring together some of their supporters as well as um, other people with intellectual disability and have honest conversations about voting, similar to the conversations that you or I would have with our friends, but that people with intellectual disability often aren't really given the opportunity to have. In Canada... The emphasis was on the the multimedia environment and also improving the support uh, the support sector. So ensuring that support organisations and advocacy groups were constantly seeing political citizenship as an area of engagement and part of practice, part of support practice. Uh, and then there was also some online um, campaigns where political parties were able to create easy language videos and submit them to various websites. So that was in uh, British Columbia and in Manitoba. 
And so coming back to Australia, we thought, well, why don't we put all this together? Why don't we have an academic team that's connected in with the Electoral Commission, which is connected in with a campaign that includes easy language, easy news and videos, and not just videos from the parties, but videos from each candidate. Uh, And so that's where the I Can Vote campaign sort of began to crystallise. And so if you had to describe the I Can Vote website, how would you? It's a website to help you learn about voting. Very succinct. You've done this before. (laughs) And why is it necessary? So in Australia, people with intellectual disability often don't have access to politically or accessible materials in terms of language. A lot of the campaign materials have a lot of doublespeak in them. There's a lot of commentary about other parties. There's a a lot of polemic. That's a big thing we do in Australia with our with our political discourse. And so for a lot of people with intellectual disability that we've worked with to design the campaign and who have actually themselves helped design the campaign as, as equal designers, um, it's been about making sure that there is a level playing field so that ultimately, um, as the website was sort of was launched in phase one nine months ago, and then now as it's going into an open portal for every candidate to create a video, people with intellectual disability and their supporters, or anyone who wants to have a clear message from politicians, will be able to go to a page for their electorate and see a short video from each of the candidates in that electorate, and they'll be standardised with an introduction, three core values and a bit of background information. They'll be the same length, They'll be translated by a team of reputable, easy language translators, and they'll be filmed in a sort of standardised visual format. So I would imagine that this all helps ensure that the I Can Vote website doesn't favour one party over another. Can you talk me through how you make sure that that is something that happens? That's a good idea. I haven't thought of that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) uh, No, essentially... I was like, "Uh uh-oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, so there's a, a significant amount of work has gone into the contracts for each of the partners involved. So the translators, the web developers and videographers, as well as you know ourselves as an organisation, Inclusion Melbourne. Um, so we've all had to declare that we're not members of parties. And if we are members of parties, that we've made plans to avoid that being of influence. Each translated script will need to be cross-checked and also reviewed by the candidate as well. So they can see whether they're comfortable with it. And there's no information on the website that in any way favours or give, gives extra airtime to the uh, the candidates. So even on our um, on the Phase One website, which had eight demo videos from a range of politicians, there was a very careful sort of plan to make sure there was an even distribution of the parties and also the different sides of the political spectrum. So um, indeed, a lot of effort has gone into that. There is a lot of risk around this project, but I think that's one of the things about political citizenship is that people with intellectual disability and inclusion in areas of life such as sex, politics, religion, LGBTIQ inclusion, mental health, legal capacity, all that kind of thing, there is a lot of risk involved. And I think in the past the inclusion of people with intellectual disability, we've erred on the side of avoiding risk or having a sort of fearful approach to risk. But actually, risk is there to be mitigated uh, and then to be trialled, trial and error. So I think this project is an example of that, that, yeah, we might make some mistakes and there is a lot of risk involved when you're dealing with political content, but I think it's worth it because the feedback we've had so far just from the phase one from politicians and people with intellectual disability is that it's something they've needed and something that should have happened a long time ago. So the risk has been worth it? I think so.
What are the next phases for the I Can Vote website? So at the moment, we're preparing for the state election in November. We have recently completed the contracts with our partners. We'll have Channel Thirty One doing videography for us, so they'll be setting up a, a, a set of、um, studio days for politicians to book and come in and have a video made. And those videos will be produced with the support of the portal, the online portal that we have developed for I Can Vote, where a candidate will be able to submit some text, have an Easy English translator assigned to that text, translate the text, send it back to the candidate, have it approved, and then take that with them to the videography. So、um, the portal will allow. A lot of automated communication, and will make the system very easy. We've spent a long time with our developer working out、um, some very careful flowcharts and schematics, <laughs>、um, a lot of whiteboarding, and、um, a lot of human-centered design. But essentially, it should be quite easy for a candidate to log in, upload their text and their basic details, have that automatically assigned to one of our pre-arranged translators. The translator can send that back within the portal. The candidate can edit it a bit like comments on Facebook,、yeah. um, and then there'll be two rounds of edits if the candidate wants that, and then the、uh, details will be、um, sent to the candidate to make a, a booking through an automated booking platform with Channel Thirty One. So, a lot of work has gone into making it smooth. And are the politicians? Up for this? So we're in the middle of our communications with candidates.、Um, what we found from the first phase is that all the politicians we engaged with were extremely enthusiastic, and many of them actually had sort of had their staff members put together draft text, and then we sort of translated it ourselves at Inclusion Melbourne.、Um, and and when they were finally in front of the camera, not only did they sort of really enthusiastically read their script from the auto cue, but they also added things in. You know, to indicate how passionate they were about disability, and we had to sort of kindly remind them, "Look, thank you so much for doing that. We're so pleased with your enthusiasm, but actually, we want people with intellectual disability to vote, not just because of what you're going to do about disability and people with disability, but also we want people with intellectual disability to vote about industrial relations and roads and transport and the environment and a whole range of issues." But so the enthusiasm was there. So, have there been any assumptions that? Working with these politicians has challenged, in your expert opinion. <laughs> I wouldn't consider myself an expert just yet, but、um, I would say that it's been interesting、uh, to see politicians,、uh, political actors and agents, and even some of the you know external contractors that have worked with us on this project. I think there there were a lot of assumptions around you know what if the person is coerced or what if they vote in the way that their family. Votes, or what if they don't have the opportunities to speak with other people about about voting and develop their own opinions? So I think in the same way, those assumptions are being challenged, and it's been really wonderful to have people like Shay and Paul and Cam, some of the other people with intellectual disability we've worked with, who have been able to share their views and opinions on camera, all on the iCanVote.org.au website,、um, and we're. Really, really pleased to to even see some of those political candidates that were engaged in the first round becoming passionate champions for this sort of live phase leading up to the state election in November. Inclusion Melbourne trialled creating easily accessible campaign information for the I Can Vote website recently. Eight elected members of Victorian Parliament created videos about their priorities. We approach these parliamentarians and ask them to tell us why they think it's important for people with intellectual disability to have a say. Five of them got back to us, and here's what they said: 
Hello, I'm Danielle Green, the State MP representing the Yanyin electorate, and I'm with the Australian Labor Party. I think it's important that people with disabilities get involved in elections to vote so their voices are heard, so people with disability get the support to live independently if they choose, to experience the dignity of paid work, to have fun. As an MP, I've employed people with disability and in winter I volunteer as a guide for people with disability to experience snow skiing. The National Disability Insurance Scheme is changing the way people with disability are supported. To make sure the NDIS continues to improve and support people with disability in the best way possible, it's so important to vote in November. Please have your say. Hi, I'm David Southwick, the Liberal Member for Caulfield. I think it's really important that we get people with intellectual disabilities more involved in our political process. It is often many of those with a disability that need services the most that ultimately should be more engaged in the political process. We need to make the process more inclusive, engaging and easy to navigate. And it's for this reason that I am doing everything I possibly can to ensure that we get more people involved in the democratic process in our state in Victoria. Hello, Fiona Passion here, member for the Northern Metropolitan Region and leader of the Reason Party. I think it is very important that no matter what your ability or disability is, that you have a say in who is elected to represent you. There are over half a million Australians with an intellectual disability and I want to make sure their voice is heard. We need to do more to make it simple to vote and simple to understand the process of voting. Voting is an important democratic right and responsibility. And that's the reason why I support people with intellectual disabilities voting. Hi, my name is Gabrielle Williams and I'm the member for Dandenong in the Victorian Parliament and a member of the Labor Party. For any government to be truly representative, it's important that all Victorians, 18 years and over, have a say on election day. Governments are elected to represent the views of the public when making decisions about policy, about law and about funding. So it's important that the people affected by these decisions have their say in who makes them. We need people of all backgrounds, experiences and abilities to be involved so that our elected MPs are informed, responsive and most of all representative. Voting is a human right and the views of people with an intellectual disability are just as valued and valuable as everybody else. Your insight is important and government is stronger for it. Hi, I'm Susanna Sheed and I'm the Victorian Member of Parliament for the Shepparton District Electorate. I'm an independent politician, so I consult with community when it comes to forming my views on the issues of the day. One of the main reasons I stood for election is that I believe everyone in our community has the right to be heard and represented when decisions are being made by politicians through the legislative process. The decisions we make in Parliament affect all our lives. We decide on how much funding certain services receive and what infrastructure projects are important for our community. We provide leadership and help to set community standards and expectations about the rights and responsibilities of our citizens. It's vital that everyone, including people with disabilities, engage in this democratic process so they can make an informed choice about who they want to represent them and affect change on their behalf. 
This is a community service announcement to remind all those campaigning for upcoming elections, including the one on November 24th in Victoria, that there will be many voters with intellectual disability. Hello, my name is Dory and I am Randfuls. And do you vote? Yes. Why do you vote? Why do I vote? Because I'm on the electoral roll to vote. Hi, my name's Albie Wilson. I'm just here in the uh, New Horizons self-advocacy program with Edward and I'm talking to him about voting. G'day, Edward. Good evening, Albie. I'm not really want to know who you vote for, but um, yeah. I just wanted to know that uh, there's a, an election coming up in November. Will you be voting then? I, I have to say yes, I, okay. I, I'll be voting November election. That, that is correct. Okay, good on you. And you intend voting at the next election in November? I have to say, yes, that's, I tend to that's do good. next election. Hi, uh, I'm here with uh, Russell at uh, New Horizons Self-Advocacy Programme. How are you? I'm good. Okay. And do you intend voting in this uh, no- election in November? Yes. Fiona from the New South Wales Council of Intellectual Disability has a message for all candidates standing in the upcoming elections. Their job is meant to represent us, listen to us, not fob us off, which I kind of think some of them do. I mean, they get on their high high horse and think, well, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm not going to listen. I actually think a politician does need to listen to us because we know what we want. And if we don't get our voices heard, we're going to be like, we don't exist, and we do exist. We've got a voice. Politicians need to listen to us. The participants of our research had hugely varied political perspectives. Here's what some of the self-advocates thought was important. Are there any issues uh, that are important to you that you think might affect your vote? Uh, probably just um, things like NDS. I've got an issue with NDS and, and trans- transport. Okay, yeah. Um, and, and law and order, yeah, law and order. Okay, okay. Are there any specific issues that uh, concern you that you would uh, would might influence your vote? We need more. We need more assistance in the public. Right. We need uh, more issues about uh, public transport, and uh, and we need more more issues about uh, about all the uh, roads and need updating and fixing. Yeah. Okay. What are some of the things that you think are really important for you when you want to vote for someone? Well, my mind my, 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 my changed from each voting period to the next. Basically, at the moment, mine, mine is um, around accessibility for people with a disability, like in the parks, and, and mainly transport. Transport is a big issue. I mean, I, I'm, I'm capable of catching public transport. I actually see people... Who, who struggle to catch public transport and they get frustrated and transport I think is a, a big issue in, in every election. Hi, my name's Samson. I'm an advocate for people with a disability. Um, right now, I'd have to say for this particular moment in time, well, what I view most important to me right now is the NDIS. Um, yeah because I'm a person with a disability, so I think that's a very important subject for us to touch on, make sure that that's 
where it needs to be at and it helps the people that it's supposed to help. My name is Amanda and I am the long-standing treasurer of Reinforce. And I, and I wish the government would give us some more money on the pension and, and get more money sent to each person on the NDIS to make their life a lot more comfortable and don't, don't have to pay out the cost of disability expenses. My name's Susan and I'm from Ram Falls and a positive, powerful parent, self-advocacy groups. And um, what political issues are important to you? And I think you know that answer. Parents with a disability, keeping their children with the support they need and getting rid of Macaca stupid law. What's that law? Could you go into details? Because people on the recording may not know. Uh, yeah, under the new Youth and Families Law Act, you only get 12 months, 18 if you're lucky, but usually 12 months to prove how you can be a parent. In this time, you lose your child. So I am still disputing how you can prove how you learn to be a good parent. And normally, because it's with us with intellectual disability, they're not moving, removing because we're being bad or anything. They're removing because of our disability. So I still want them to answer, how do I get rid of my intellectual disability within 12 months? Hi, my name is Colin Hisco. I'm the president of Reinforce Incorporated. Basically, the rights of people with intellectual disability to start with. But if I have to narrow it down to one thing, one of the groups that we support is the uh, Positive Powerful Parents. And uh, they're an organisation that's been set up to support people, uh, adult people with an intellectual disability across their children. That is a very, very important issue. And also the rights of people with intellectual disability. Hello, my name is Heather and I do voluntary work for Reinforce and I'm a member of the Positive Powerful Parents South Advocacy Group. Just within the disability field and more public transport and accessible issues as well. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm leader of New Wave. Uh, Education, health, disabilities, self-advocacy. Hello, I'm David and I'm from New Wave Self-Advocacy. What issues are important to me is people with disabilities need to be helped and not be let down like what they've been in the past when I was born in the year 1969 and people with disabilities were getting let down because there were no support services back then. Well then, that's important to me, is people with disabilities getting helped from them bad times. My name is Heather. I'm a part of advocacy. I like it when I do the right thing for disability people. Helping disability people get the right fundings and that. I'm Marianne, self-advocate. If if they would fix stuff, is there anything you'd like them to fix? I'd definitely like them to fix up the rubbish bins 
to help to stop the birds from pulling out the rubbish that shouldn't be pulled out of it. And also having on the streets like one for recycle and one for rubbish. So then that way you can get and put recycle in the right place and not in the wrong and not end up with it out onto our waterworks and our ocean and also in the parks and that. Keep an eye on the I Can Vote campaign through the website iCanVote.org.au. There's going to be some exciting updates occurring in the lead-up to the Victorian November 24th election. If you would like to find out more about Inclusion Melbourne and the Design Lab, go to inclusionmelbourne.org.au. We will link you to those in the show notes. You can find out more about the research and other LIDS research on their website, latrobe.edu.au forward slash LIDS. This bonus episode was produced by Sophia Tipping, Associate Professor Hilary Johnson and Buffy Gorilla. Marketing support was provided by Ben Pawson. Thanks again to LIDS, Nathan Despot and the Inclusion Melbourne team. To all the parliamentarians and their staff who put time into recording messages for us. And of course, thank you to the 22 self-advocates and their supporters who contributed. Especially Valid, Reinforce, New Horizons, Having a Say, New Wave Self-Advocacy, New South Wales Council for Intellectual Disability and to SARU. If you know a group of people with intellectual disability who might want to contribute to future episodes, or if you have a great research story to share, get in contact with us. You can find us on Twitter via the handle at acid underscore limited, LTD, and on Facebook via at acid.asn.au, and wherever you find your podcasts. Podcasts.